Gentlemen, it's come to my attention that a breakaway Russian Republic from Pakistan is about to transfer a nuclear warhead to the United Nations in a few days. Here's the plan. We get the warhead and we hold the world ransom for one million dollars. <clears throat> well, don't you think we should maybe ask for more than a million dollars? A million dollars isn't exactly a lot of money these days. Virtucon alone makes over nine billion dollars a year. Really? Mm-hmm. It's a Okay, then. We hold the world ransom for one hundred billion dollars. Do you expect me to talk? And as always, joined my fellow co-host Chris and Dave. How are you both? Good evening, folks. Feeling groovy, baby. Why would that? Very be, groovy, yeah. <laughs> we may find out. Smashing, uh, Becca. Smashing, smashing, baby. Yeah. Well, tonight we're going to watch a movie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, oh that, that, that's really in the sequel, really. But you know, he, he does say movie in a really odd way. He does oh, a no. movie like that, doesn't he? I'm I'm quite relaxed about tonight as long as we can continue having casual sex and 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 and, and taking drugs without any consequences. In a consequence-free environment, I'll be sound as a pound. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my god, it's amazing how after like 30 years, how much I still remember. It's like I could probably still quote this film word for word. I wouldn't be far away, but I did watch it a couple of weeks ago. And I was watching it with someone who'd never heard of it because, like, they're just not from this country. And of course, it starts with him dancing down the street and being chased by women. And I just think, like, inadequate time left to actually tune into what these films are. Yeah. And so, like, I just said, like, you needed to get a bit further. Like, I'm not going to make anyone watch anything. I said, but like, I totally get why you didn't like it after like ten minutes or something. Yeah. I've... To be fair, I've, I've not seen them. I think the last time I probably watched them was like mid 2000s, like early 2010s, perhaps. Um, but I haven't really sort of seen them since. But so it might be a bit of like rose tinted specs, um, rose tinted, I don't know, like well, um, yeah. John Lennon specs, perhaps. But yeah, I might, I might go like, what? And you know, I'll cringe at how and horribly. Well, easy I it. have watched these films fairly regularly over the years. I, I wouldn't say I'm a super fan by any means because apart from maybe half of international man and maybe a third of international man of mystery maybe even less than that about a month and a half two months ago probably haven't watched them for a while but they're always something i can sling on quite happily i think objectively i've always had a bit of a well we'll, we'll properly introduce it first what are we covering tonight becca tonight we are covering austin powers international man of mystery I went with the cast. I'm just going to go through like the main cast because it's got loads and loads of like cameos and guest appearances, um, all the way through Rob the films. Lowe as you know, as John's starring friend. Rob Lowe as <laughs> starring Will Ferrell in a really early role. No, Mike Myers, Mike Myers, Christian Shirley, Slater as a guard. 
Literally. Sherbet. Sherbet. Lois Charles as Sherbet. Steve's wife or stepwife. <laughs> See, that's amazing. How about that? Fun fact: she was in this film. I just still look banging Robert as well. I got to admit. Oh, so. She's still this what? She still look banging as well. I'm, I got to admit. She looks good in this film. Oh. Unless I added bond connection that Lois Charles is in there. So no. Oh. Anyway, yes, written by Mike Myers, Myers and. Directed by Jay Rachel, released in 1997. Oh, my God. Yeah, um, I remember watching the film show with Barry Norman one evening. There'd been no hype around this. Uh, around this. The internet existed, but most of us at this stage didn't have it in our homes. So I'd heard no hype around this film. Um, he was at this point best known for Wayne's World, I would say. In fact, mm. would, it's not, I yeah, would say. He was best known for Wayne's World. And so... Um, this this was kind of just what he did next, you know. When you do get like, I don't know. I suppose uh, you, you, it, with the benefit of of hindsight and and sort of modern lenses on it, it's a bit like um, Sasha Baron Cohen doing Bruno after Borat. That, yes. that, that's the sort of I quite I found Bruno quite funny, by the way. But the character hasn't quite endured in public consciousness in the same way. And I think when you see like Austin Powers, you're like, yeah, it looked very cheesy as any cursory. You, you've got to watch the film to like tune into the film, like watching a trailer or a clip. You you might think that looks quite funny if they isolate a couple of funny jokes from it. But we were shown like a little clip uh, before Barry Norman went on to give it an OK review. As I recall, not bad, not good. OK. And that was it. And I don't think I saw it uh, before I went. I went to university that autumn. And it was obviously a big thing because people were sort of making jokes around it. Um, people were putting banners up on their doors that were sort of reminiscent of some of the Austin Powers. <laughs> it proved to be um, like a bit of a kind of a cult, like pop know, culture thing as well, didn't it? Over the years, it's, it's probably spawned yeah. spawned a cult following. But that was the second one, I think, more than anything. Yeah, I think it really did. Come the first, the first one was a modest hit. I think, I think, and I, I can just check this very quickly now. I was about to say I think it did under over a hundred million dollars. Actually, it didn't. It Is did it? seventy. Um, what did they say, that's, that's more than okay. I mean, it's new line pre Lord of the Rings new line as mm, well. So yes, very important. They're, they're used to sort of, um, I suppose, new line in the sort of 80s and 90s were probably closest to something like Dimension Pictures, mm. you know, kind of very sort of B movie ish. Um, we'll obviously be covering Lord of the Rings. Yeah, but I mean, they were best known at this stage as the house that Freddie built. Mm. Uh, oh, that's true. Like Elm Street films. So this was a modest hit. Then um, it, its marketing was genius for the spy who shagged me because um, they absolutely jumped on the bandwagon of episode one, Star Wars. Star Wars yeah. was coming that side. Yeah, that, that was a big thing, wasn't it? They did really well off, off the back of that. Along with probably Batman 89, that is the most hyped film of my lifetime. Um, not necessarily the most successful, not necessarily the best reviewed, not, not any of those things, but just the amount of saturation of hype everywhere. The Phantom Menace is probably number one. And, of course, you've got a trailer which looked like the Death Star. And when it when the chair turned around, it was Dr. Evil with expecting somebody else. Um, you know, if if you want if you only see one film this year, that's, you know, da, 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 make, <laughs> make it make this it, one. Make it the Phantom Menace. But if, <laughs> if you see two. And, and yeah, I, I love that. that because it was, so, it was kind of being really frank. It's like, oh, come on, everyone's going to see Star Wars, of course. 
So, yeah, if you see one, year, ten, you see really one film this year, why the hell would it be this? <laughs> you know? um, but um, from a sort of, well, I wasn't a teenager, I was in my early 20s, but from a man in his early 20s, I've got a kind of soft spot for the second one because I'm most attracted to, like, Heather Graham of the three leading ladies. But over the years, as I've come to watch them, I think some of the sequels extend some of the jokes just a little bit too far. And I think whilst the second and third ones have Mini Me, who's definitely a great addition, there there are another set of films where I think you can argue about the first and second one, but they sort of decline in a straight line. Uh, but even as late as as Goldmember, I mean, the first ten minutes of that film, I went to see that at the cinema. I just moved back to my hometown a month or two before, and I went to see that, and I was virtually on my own in this cinema. I think it was only the first or second time I'd been, so you know, because this cinema had opened while I lived away. And I remember looking at the screenings and there was a lot of them because obviously off the back of the second film, the third film had a lot of hype. So I was sat there, but there was like another screening, like 25 minutes later, that sort of thing. And the first 10 minutes of Goldmember made me laugh so much. I nearly walked out and went into another screen just to watch that 10 minutes again. (laughs) Um, But yeah, I think we might have the best film tonight, but obviously we can talk about that over the first I certainly think one of the first two would represent that. By the third film, they really are repeating jokes. But even then, you've got Michael Caine. You've got, like, International Spy University. Legend. Yeah, you've got all the cameos. um, You know, there's a lot about the third film. probably more than I can care to remember at the moment. Oh, yeah, so-and-so's in this film. I I think I warmed to the third one a lot more on repeated viewings because I I remember walking away disappointed. Uh, I think mostly down to, like, expectation. But also, because I, I, I remember, especially with the second one, I remember pissing myself laughing. Because I saw it twice as well at the cinema. And I remember just absolutely, you know, you know you're laughing and you're like creasing laughing so really, hard. really hard, yeah. You're not actually making any sounds, you're just laughing that hard. I think I did the same. Um, so you kind of like walk in with that with a high expectation of doing that um, yourself. So yeah. the first time around, I did not have that, but... After repeated viewings, and it, it kind of, it, it had some solid stuff that I'm kind of firm, fa- you know, favorite of. You know, mm. the, 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 there are some jokes uh, even now I still sort of joke about, you know, mole and things like that. <laughs> um, <laughs> but yeah, um, Fred Savage from the Wonder Years. Fred Savage, I know. Yeah, yeah um, there, there is some gold in the third film, definitely. There is. There definitely is, and I'm I'm happy with all three of them to be fair, but it's a bit of a toss up between yeah. the first and second one. I, but it I was think... just a newer joke the first time. Yeah, I, I think also I think they were aware. redoing so they... the whole sort of, well, the the you know the uh, Doctor Evil trying to reconnect with his son stuff. I think was just taken a bit too far in the sequels. Yeah, and the good. zip it and all the rest of it. Um, but yeah, we'll see. We'll see as we go through it. So. We'll this is going to kind of be a bit of a... We'll be sort of saying what we see, but we'll be just talking around it as we go, as we already have. We've already done a bit of a review. I'll try not to quote bits too much, though I probably will. So sorry about that, everybody. But if this ain't your cup of tea... That was me going, I want chicken, yeah, I want to deliver. Meow, mix, meow, please deliver. In a silly for those, voice. For those of you who've just got no intention, having listened to this, of going through the entire film, uh, what we'll say is that um, if it isn't your thing, we will be back after this with the full X-Men series. So rejoin. Exciting, us. can't wait. Yeah, rejoin us for that. If um, yeah, if this, if this isn't is your bag, perfect. baby. Just, no, this is well done. Yeah, if that's not your bag, baby, then take <laughs> a breather. It, and we'll and join you action pump penis enlargers <laughs> are your bag. Write to us. Expect us to talk at gmail.com. You can buy this book. Swedish made penis enlargers and me. 
Right, I was actually I was actually about to say don't don't share that with us, but then I thought no, actually I'd find that the funniest email in the world if someone wrote that. <laughs> it's a not your bag. Yeah. Okay. Oh my gosh. Oh, I just remembered another joke. Oh. You've just remembered another joke. You'll get to it. You'll get to it. Okay. When Basil's mum shows up. <laughs> Uh, the, is oh, that the second oh, or third? Is that the first one? I thought it was the second or third one. I forget now. I think, uh, yeah, I think it might be. The second All right, one, I think. we'll figure it out. Oh my god! But we'll soon see. Okay. So, um, so we'll, right, are we doing like first thoughts, then going into then for the review, or? Uh, no, let's go into it and talk as we talk through. Because as I say, it's a bit of a hybrid, uh-huh. so we'll be sort of reviewing as we talk. Really, I think. Okay. Um, I, I should say going in that. Um, uh, my uh, my my girlfriend is kind of upset because she loves Austin Powers too, and she's upset that I'm watching it without her. <laughs> oh, so, uh, I know, I know. Oh, that's a shame. Well, so it is quite comfy. We do kind of watch them regularly. Well, you have um, to, you have to be to, of a certain standard to appear on the. Do you expect to talk podcast? Well, 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 I'm not saying what that certain standard is, I, to be fair. I did say that, but she's like, no, like, no, I'll, I'll just, I'll just be like guffawing in the back, background and not doing too much. I was like, all right, fair, fair enough. <laughs> but, I thought you did the same as I'll be too busy laughing. Yes, but yeah, she, she said she will be... If I, if, def- I, if, I want, if, I, if I wanted giggling on the soundtrack, I'd get Ken to visit me again. <laughs> there is actually I can't remember which episode it is but he's here when I was recording something and he was here just as we started it one of our listeners who happened to come to the UK and visit and, and he does this really girly laugh in the background and it's on the recording and it, it I don't know it sounds like a cat the cat or something so <laughs> oh not very nice what do you mean not very nice you alright oh sorry something I was reading sorry alright okay so let's uh, count us in so I am watching a rip. You're watching a DVD. So I'm going to count Chris on in on three, and I'll sort of be joining in one or two after. Oh gosh. So, okay. Yeah, I'm on the DVD as well. So. Hit play on the three. So starting in one, two, three. Groovy baby. Oh god. It's a sign of how well the Lord of the Rings films did, which we are covering later this year, and I've got both editions of all six films, plus the 1978 one. And I'm going to buy a book on it, and I'm going to read The Lord of the Rings and The Hobbit as well. That's going to be the series I work really hard on. Oh, gosh. Yeah, because both are... And not to be childish, but I just said hard on. Um, uh, but, yeah, every time I see New Line, I, I always hear the sort of uh, Foundations of Stone, the music from the start. Yeah. Thing is, I always hey, think you can of, get ready in here. The odd thing is, though, when I see a new line, more often than not, I always think of like the the beginning of the second uh, Austin Powers one, where you hear like that fake Bond sound, and it's like you just hear evil. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, but I, I, I'm, you know, I must confess, I do kind of think more of of Lord of the Rings now. Um, what is well I, I only really got it with the third film now I don't think the third film is the best of the, the that trilogy at all but it was the film where it finally moved me I got it and then wanted all the extended versions of the first two and stuff like that whereas on the first two I was like I cannot understand the hype around these I get it now but, it, but it's more the feat of filmmaking that film had nine units going for most of the film uh, you know, we're used to second unit and occasionally a little bit of photography from a third <laughs> unit, nine. Yeah, that's crazy. Mm. Did that cat go on to star in anything else? Uh, probably. 
Because he didn't even go on to star in the rest of this film, did he? I, I think he got on to star in the other the other films, but he had to have a haircut first. Now you've never heard of Austin Powers before, and you and you don't know who Mike Myers is, and you see this. What's your first thought? You're missing bloody hell! What's he doing? <laughs> and there's Will Ferrell for anyone who he was. Yeah, I think that was before. I'm on, I'm on thing. Thing. Austin Powers International Man of Mysteries just come up now. Oh he's right, yeah. His... dancing, so that's yeah. where I am. Yeah, he's 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 dancing. I'm at the woman in pink, woman in yellow. Yeah, it's amazing yeah. how like and, and the, the, nothing like something California. The about to join in because that, that's uh, that's how the law works in this country. Yeah, it's all good. If a policeman ever approaches you, start dancing. Start dancing. He'll give you. It sort of. He even dances in a weird way. Like, no one really dances like that. No, everything's really hyper, it's hyper, isn't it? It's really hyper extension, hyper real. Well, it's it's meant to be he's super sexy and we just don't get it because he's from the 60s. He's got bad teeth. Yeah. Well, it's about having mojo, isn't it? It's funny because Rob Lowe does play two characters in this franchise. Yeah. But only one in this episode. Yeah, I remember when Seth Green was a thing? Oh gosh, yes. <laughs> this is so 90s, and it? It's very 90s. <laughs> oh Charles Napier. I love I this Charles character of the 60s. Because he's like... Charles Napier was the one from First Blood 2, wasn't it? Yeah, Rambo. Yeah. He's dead now, he died. And so, yeah, he can't still be going, surely. He, he's, in a few, he's in a few stuff, oh. uh, Charles Napier. He's one of those actors who keeps popping up in things. Yeah, 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 he's, he's really recognisable. I was like, is that the right guy? Yes. George S. Clinton. But he, he's also in Legendary the second one as a different character as well, I'm sure. I don't know. We'll have to wait to see. I've seen them a lot, but like, there's even things you've said tonight where I've gone, I don't remember that. We'll get to it. Oh, gosh. Very weird dance moves. Ah, <laughs> Mimi Rogers, Tom's yes. first wife. And then he pops up again in the second film? Uh, she's not in the second film, no. Yeah. Rear projection in the Shaguar scene. So it's very much going after it. Avengers, Michael Caine, Bond. Oh, it's, yeah, it's an MLP. Yeah, it's very it's much kind of Icarus, isn't it? It's very much it's Man of Two Harry Palmer. Visually, there's a bit of Bond in it. You know, yeah. There's lots, there's a bit of an, the Italian job. There's lots of things in this. Flint, Derek Flint movies. Yeah. I think it's, it's all kind of... I was watching just... We said this off air, but I was watching the Franco Zeffirelli Jesus and Nazareth from the 70s today because I haven't seen it since I was a kid and Michael York is John the Baptist in that. And it's a really big performance he gives in it. I love Basil. Now, I, yeah. I, Michael I, York. I, I, now, we've all been to like Piccadilly Circus. I don't remember that on the top. <laughs> <laughs> and then do you remember the Electric Psychedelic Pussycat Swinging Club as well? Oh, well, yeah, of course. We've all been there. <laughs> See, this is the thing um, about like London. That's... There's, a big, there's a big statue in the way. This is the thing about like sort of '60s London that's always predicted. Like, yeah, everyone sort of assumes that like in the '60s this 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 is what it was like, but but really, it was nothing like this. Go, go, no. go and look up on YouTube. I mean, he's a bit of a pariah now for various reasons, but Angus Deaton appeared on uh, Room 101 in the '90s, and he put the '60s in there. And he said it's the assumption that everything from January the 1st, 1960 to December the 31st, 1969 was amazing. And if you weren't there, you missed out and it was crap. You know, and parts of the country were just not like that at all. Yeah. And I think as an example, he showed King's Road in like London. But then he showed this is King's Road in like 
Doncaster. Britain was, you know, very slowly recovering from the war as well. I don't think it was a part party time for everybody. No, you know, still in, still, you know, rationing had not long ended, and we're still very much recovering from from being blitzed a bit by the war. So, but the pill did come out, so you could have casual sex in a consequence-free environment. Yeah, in a largely consequence-free environment, and take my own expanding drugs. I think it was only in the yeah, pop but culture. Yeah, but I did that in the nineties. I don't need to go back to the sixties. Do that again? No, do that already. A I think it was only in the pop Europe. culture, really, that. Um, it's pop culture, yeah. Yeah, you know, it's like yeah. things were like bright and colourful because you know yeah, <laughs> everything's look, probably so shit. At, so. Yeah, but look, look at your parents' generation who yeah. were like of a certain age in the sixties and, and mm. certainly the late sixties, and then look at like their attitude to drugs and things like that. And unless they're lying to you, which at our age they unlikely to be, it, it didn't hit like the, the, you know the sort of suburbs and the sort of um, provinces. You no, know? It took a while to trickle yeah. down, probably. Um, but yeah, I, I mean, there are elements of the six. There's certainly elements of like some certain sports and certain music and stuff I really love. But I mean, the seventies has got lots of stuff I like. But we've got it all now. I remember my dad saying to me back in the night late nineties. Um, he said you were born twenty five years too late. And I said, what do you mean? He said, well, a lot of your musical tastes, a lot of the films you talk about, sportsmen you like, like Muhammad Ali and stuff like that, are all seventies. And I said. He said, "Wouldn't it, when he said if you could live in any other time, what would you pick?" And I said, "I'd pick same again." And he said, "But you know, you like all these things." And I said, "But I've still got them. All, all, all I can't do is watch like a Muhammad Ali fight live, but I've still got all of those fights are on YouTube. It's easier for me to watch now than it would be if I was around in the 70s. Mm. So I, you know, I don't. I, I, nostalgia is largely like an absolute load of bollocks, to be honest. But there are things about the 60s that are timeless. I watch Goldfinger, you know, today." Yeah, that's, uh, that's a lot, lot of music and a lot of films that come yeah. out of them. Some do have like timeless quality. I think yeah. very much so. Like you know, they, they like capture the, the spirit of the age as well. Yeah. Um, so they kind of they kind of do a bit of both. They kind of transcend the, the time in which they were made. Be, the 60s will always be a little bit cool in some ways, but like you, you yeah, don't. Yeah, we, we kind of saw like the, the sort of cool Britannia as well that we yeah. kind of they kind of really ex- like especially like Bond and the Beatles, yeah. um, very quant sort of fashion and music as well. Um, just sort of big um, exporting your British culture as well. Yeah. That's uh, Ron but, Howard's um, brother who was just on there. Yeah, Clint oh, yes. Howard. Yep. Uh, yeah, I, I think There's like so many of... cameos in this movie. I think if I was kind... Ron Howard, I- I'd want my brother to look like Clint Howard. Yeah, literally. That's what it sounds like. Uh, yeah, no, uh, Clint Howard, well, I'm trying to think what he's best known for. As a kid, he was in Gentle Ben. Oh, right. It's a film about like a boy and this okay. big fucking grizzly bear he was mates with. Now, that's an odd. Um, that's an odd idea, really. I mean, nice. they, weren't, nice. they weren't going for lunch together in cinema and stuff. He was he was out near like the woods oh. somewhere. Vanilla Ice. We talk about the Vanilla Ice mm. off air because he was. Because he's in this film. He's on ice. My bits and pieces. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah um, did, did everyone see this at the cinema? No, I probably did. First one. Not the first one. I yeah, I, 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 I saw. Been too young. Because it was, it, it was like, second. I remember it coming out, and I knew you sort of saying like it was um, kind of his, his next thing, and I don't know. In a way, I thought, oh, this might be good because it's like doing like the the bomb movie sort of things. Um, yeah, I think I'm a bit too young and snuck in. 
but the I problem never is knew... the 90s got so tired with spoofs and send-ups that almost always weren't any good that I think there'd be a natural scepticism to this at the time. Mm. I think that's yeah. probably why it struck a chord, though. It's a bit different Cause, to the others. Because I, I remember thinking, and I, I'm only sort of think, like thinking like like in retrospect, but I think I just kind of assumed, yeah, the, the, you know, it'll probably, it might be good and it might do all right, but I don't think it'll like, there'll be a series out of it. Do you know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. Um, so it's actually sort of kind of, I like to think that, oh, it, it actually did as well as it did. Um, yeah, well, it did It did over four times its budget back, which was good enough, I suppose. But one and of the things I, suppose, I think it gets you know, right is that it doesn't sort of, it doesn't sort of, like, you can tell that uh, Myers and uh, the, the other creators of it generally love what they're sending up. So it doesn't feel like it's a like an assault on them on 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 like old spy movies yeah. or it thinks it's somehow above them or or kind of thing doesn't, no, it doesn't down them anyway. No, it doesn't. Yeah. Uh, what we're watching at the moment is evacuation, comp- if, com- evacuation, com- uh, which is, which is basically sort of Doctor No. Yeah, yeah it's pretty where much decontam- decontamination, isn't it? Where they kind of they get, yeah decontamination scene. You can you can kind of spot the spot the beats and the references all the way through. Um, now the guys, there's probably loads that you know you still haven't. I've got to ask a question spot. before. I'm sorry to interrupt, but I've got to ask a question before this scene ends. The guys to our right of Michael York, what have I seen him in? Oh gosh, he's been in loads of stuff. Um, it's again, it's another one of those faces that you know you recognise. Okay, I can't place him. I'll look up on IMDb. Yeah, literally. Go on imdb.com. Forward slash. Forward slash. This man. <clears throat> this is Excuse something I quote all the time because I, I tend to sort of speak quite loudly. Yeah. I have problem controlling the volume of my voice. <laughs> I just have got a yeah, I think in your job, Chris, you, you do need to speak quite loudly. Sorry? In, in your job, you do need to speak in quite your, loudly, in, in your dog, in your job. In your job, you do need to speak quite loudly. Sometimes, yeah. So he was in Spider-Man 2 and Spider-Man 3. That's what we were discussing. Oh, of course, yeah. Recently. He's the um, he's landlord, landlord, isn't he? He's the landlord, yeah. He's yeah. done loads of stuff. Um, Spider-Man. Spoiler. Um, oh, gosh, what else has he done? Castle, when that was on TV. Uh, Transformers. It was Spider-Man. It was Spider-Man. That's where, I was, where I was trying to place him. It and he was help. definitely playing like Eastern European. West Wing? He was in a few episodes of the West Wing. What else has he done? It doesn't help that he kind of looks like... Um, what's his face out of Home Alone? No, not Joe Pesci. Oh, yeah, he does a little bit. Oh, he's in Police Academy as well. Daniel Stern? Yeah. You think so? Oh, he does a little bit. Okay. I, always get, I used to get them mixed up. Oh, he's in Spy Hard. Now, now this yeah. might be an unpopular opinion, but I think Elizabeth Hurley is probably the best of the Austin Powers girls. Uh, well, if you knew how Beyonce. she was going to age, you'd be totally up for that because the woman's barely aged. I saw photos. She looks of the, the same. Age. She still 55. looks fifty-five. She looks the same. Uh, it's extraordinary. But she's the only one that actually has any sort of like, well, a, like character development. No, I mean Heather Graham is not much of an actor. To be fair, I'm just like attracted to her. That's all. <laughs> fair enough. Um, or I was back when I was younger and mature. 
I'm just typing. I'm actually just doing the YouTube version of Lethal Weapon 4 because we, uh, as you won't know, because you won't have realised because of the magic of the quality of our editing and recording, the last sort of few minutes of the Lethal Weapon 4 was day, days after the first <laughs> recording of it. So we've just had to finish that off tonight. Yeah. Be interested to know if anyone can tell where the cut is because it's not obvious. Um, uh, yeah. So where are we at? Oh, we're getting to the penis enlarger. This yeah. guy's been in loads of comedy. He, was, he, he interviewed Crichton in Red Dwarf 8. I can't remember his name, but he did... Um... Oh, no, it wasn't him. It was a guy who's got a very similar screen presence. It wasn't him, sorry. No, but that, that guy, I'm pretty sure, back in Timmy Matlock, back in the 80s and 90s, him and Mike Myers used to do a show yeah. called The Wide Awake Club. Yep. Yeah, they were double that. So he's done loads of stuff. He's another one of those familiar faces. All right. Now, Elizabeth Hurley's sort of grown on me over the years in lots of different ways. And I don't mean like my willy's grown. I don't mean when I say lots of ways, I wasn't including <laughs> that. But I mean, I find her more attractive now than I did back then. Um, and I don't know. I don't, I'm just a bit kindly disposed was, towards was her. This the time, um, was this around the same time you, Grant, was um, uh, was was chugging a prostitute on, uh, in LA. Uh, well, the release of this film was a couple of years afterwards, so this would have yeah, been... Yeah, it was like sort of mid-late 90s, wasn't it, I think? Yeah, well, he was filming... Uh, he was filming He was filming nine months in the summer of uh, 1995 and came out the following year. Um, and this is 97. So, you know, they're filming this maybe a year to 18 months after that happened. And they lasted about another year or two together after this. Strangely enough, she wasn't chuffed he got his dick sucked by a <laughs> not particularly attractive I know, prostitute. It, it, it does boggle the mind, doesn't it? Like, why? 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 Yeah, literally, what's going uh, on there? Like, you know, I mean, I mean, it's one thing to cheat on Elizabeth Hurley, but... Which just, like, I don't get in and itself, but then I'm not really wired that way. In yeah, fact, listeners, that, that's one thing, but to think... I've never, think... to be fair, Chris, I don't know about you, but I've never cheated on Elizabeth Hurley. <laughs> yeah. No. <laughs> have, you no have you never really? It, it, it's part of my moral code, Becca. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad, uh, glad to know. Yeah. So, um, Liz Hurley, if you're listening, with the Queen and uh, Samuel L. Jackson and Riddick the Bow. close course ghosts of Ronnie Corbett and Riddick Bow and Michael Aspel and Queen Latifah, um, you can sleep easy tonight. I have such an eclectic listener base. Literally's just joined them to find out if I'm cheating on her. <laughs> when they pointed out she's never actually slept with me, that she just dismissed that as a technicality. <laughs> no, Dave, I don't remember. I, oh, sorry. I, I like the idea that, I like the idea that, like Will Fowler and um, and Frau, like haven't aged a single day. <laughs> no, she looks the same. Yeah. But then they kind of return to that joke, don't they? When they go back in time, and she's like, <laughs> and she looks the same. She's yeah. just looks like the same. That. She's actually ageless. Or she turns out to be like her mum or something. Who throws a shoe, honestly? <laughs> Mr. Bigglesworth. Of all the I'm things... Mr. Bigglesworth. Because you never get the name of um, Blofeld's cat, but I've, I've read in different little places Solomon as a suggestion. I don't know yeah. where that comes Because there's no cat. His name's Mr. Bigglesworth. So this is very um, classic Bond setup, but it very Doctor No. Yeah, I mean, it is, but I mean, the the second film leans heavily on your. It really does. 
Yeah. Uh, the end of this film. The end of this film does as well to a, to to quite a large degree. The, both mm. of the first two do. Um, there's a bit. Of, there's quite a bit of Doctor No in it. Yeah. And if I've got, I, I do have one nitpick, and it is a nitpick. I, the stuff with Doctor Evil, I don't find as funny as the stuff with Austin Powers. Full stop. But I think on all of the Doctor Evil sketches, they linger too long. Now I know that's the joke with the bit we're watching, but I've always felt that nearly every Doctor Evil scene could be like cut in half. Um, the guy who played Ran- Random Task is in prison now. I was going to say, isn't he in jail? Yeah, they, they, it was something to do with the it's DNA. Some... It was a, a DNA test for something else, and it some turned out he'd, 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 he'd committed some pretty heinous rape. Oof. Um, uh, I'm going to look him up actually because this is a this is a comedic. Com- so, so I'm sure he we'd won't like to be back for the fourth installment then. If the... no, he'll be well, detained. He'll be out by the time they make it. Probably. <laughs> Joe Sonny was called uh, 1970-50, so he was about he's only about 27 here, uh, and he pleaded guilty to felony vandalism in 2008, 60 days in jail, and then he was given an additional day due to. A uh, 90 days due to probation as a, c- a condition of his plea agreement he was required to provide a DNA sample and then that sample linked him to a 1990 Christmas Eve gang rape oh god Ugh. so he, he'd done it by the time he was in this charge of five kits of rape forcible sodomy oh, forcible sodomy lovely awful uh, right for, forcible oral copula I'm nearly finished uh, can we skip please Generally, he's very naughty. <laughs> uh, he's, he's, he's faced them. He's got a sentence of 275 years to life, whichever one is longer. So he's, he's still there, basically. Yes. I don't think he'll ever we'll get out. Uh, uh, there are no versions of that crime that aren't horrendous. But I remember no. reading somewhere some of the details of this because I went on a, down a bit of a rabbit hole trying to find out what exactly had happened. And it was just one of the worst things I've ever read. Yeah, it sounds pretty bad. Anyway, uh, let's move on. <laughs> anyway, Robert Wagner, everyone. Yeah, yes, Wagner. He's, he's very cool in this film. He he's has no, um, there's no obvious dodgy so. history. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yes, of, uh, who, who may or may not have killed his wife, but uh... uh, I've read some very. Well, I don't know. That kind of maybe feeds into each other. You know, it's obviously he's got this this mystery kind of surrounding. Did he, did he or did he not kill his wife? And then he obviously turns up as nefarious number two um, in this yeah, film. I don't, so. I don't think he's playing on that as a marketing. No, no, generally not. No, yeah. but he's he's kind of known for he's kind of very suave. Uh, obviously, didn't like doing heart heart to heart. He's kind of like very smooth, very. Oida. That's the one. But he's kind of known for these very smooth, very suave roles. Um, and the same, you know, when when Rob Lowe turns up, you know, he's kind of known for generally being. Um, Member of the Brat Pack, um, also very like rom com, very romance, where he's kind of yeah, leading, yeah, leading uh, handsome man. He had a I mean, he's he's perfect as a young number two. He did. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, he's really he's really good casting. He's matured into a wonderful actor, and he's got a very he's got quite a rangy voice. He still looks the same as well. He hasn't changed. He's he's aged well, definitely. But uh, yeah, I think Robert Ragnall kind of works well as a kind of a number two because he's very suave. Like next to Doctor Evil, is just 
He's very, very cool, very calm. He's quite understated as well. When he's got to interrupt him to say, actually, they did have an affair. He admitted it. They divorced. It just comes quite across quite amusingly from him. <laughs> it was fine. But that's a joke. The joke is like, he, he's actually the competent guy. And if they just did things his way, even even legally, that they absolutely be fine. <laughs> you know, that's always the gag, isn't it? It's like, especially in the second yeah. one, where it's like, well, we own Starbucks and we all... And we're kind of made like, you know. Yeah, or is it VirtuCon's <laughs> worth nine billion and he's asking for a million dollars? <laughs> a million. No, we're worth nine billion. Yes, hardly. Happy York's still going. Yep, still going. Here is the plan. But that, I think that's kind of the gag, though, isn't it? You got you got these like big sort of criminal organisations like Spectre, who are clearly like well funded and have money and and all this. Yeah. And they just help well, the way like... the, the way the world is now. If you run a big enough cor- corporation, it'd be a license to print money. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, this is it. <laughs> a million dollars. I love the camera shoots in on him. The funniest bit with Doctor Evil in this entire film is the laugh that goes on too long. That's quite funny. That's the funniest bit where they're doing this sort of evil group laugh, but the camera stays on them long enough for them to start. It goes going, on for like ten minutes. Oh, oh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But but that's the thing with Doctor Evil because the whole thing with him that everything's just a bit awkward. So everything has to be a bit more lumbered. Everything you know, like everything has been a bit drawn out. Yeah. So I can kind of get reason how that happens. Yeah. Whereas Austin's a bit more like you know short and snappy. I whenever I think of these films, I don't think about how funny Doctor Evil was. I do think about Austin. Mm. I don't touch myself while that's happening. By the way, I was going to say. <laughs> In my quiet moments, I think about Austin. Oh, he's about to get into a sexy pose as well for us. Okay. Thanks. Yes, please. Yes, please. The sad thing is that we were like, way before this film came out, everyone's still doing that joke. Oh. We're filling oh. out forms. Sex. Yes, please. <laughs> sex. Yes, please. Where is actually, It's still funny. You're still laughing. Actually, when you're asked sex on like a census form, what you draw is a very small spunking dick. <laughs> if you're a child in the 90s that's what you do now wouldn't you want her as a secretary tight sweater glasses as long as she's accurate it's all good oh yeah because I'm totally talking about work performance it's all about the accuracy if you know what I mean The thing is, though, that that plane yeah. is not wildly different from Tony Stark's. I was going to say, they look a bit the same. It's slightly different wallpaper, and it's not that different. <laughs> it could be the same. <laughs> oh, look at Seth Green. I don't know where you are in it, because I'm. he's on the bed. I won't bite hard. Oh, I skipped ahead, sorry. I'm on 24 minutes in, 24.38. Okay. I dropped my remote. Let me ask you a question and be honest. And be honest. Oh, oh, I'm sexy. Do oh, I make you horny, Randy? Randy, do I make you horny, baby? Yeah. <laughs> do I? Yeah, yeah. Oh, no, I fell over. Rotate back. Oh, I fell over again. In my experience, uh, 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 you know, th- there's normally some alcohol involved, right? I don't think a rotating bed's a good idea. You're just kind of like increasing the possibility that. Um, you'll see those drinks you've had again. Yeah, you might see them again. She wasn't a particular... She wasn't a great actress by any stretch of the imagination, and she was a bit of a punchline around this point. 
but I think she's matured into, uh, you know, a, a very nice lady, apparently. A lot of people speak highly of her. I think this kind of helped to really kind of revive um, her career. She well, was I think. surprisingly not at all bad in... The film's garbage, it is, but she's not at all bad in the Bedazzled remake. I don't uh, think I saw that. Well, the original film is Pete and Dud. Yeah, I think I saw that, but I didn't see That's the remake. Good. It's great. The remake... With Brendan, what's-his-face? Brendan, Brendan Fraser, not Brendan. That's the one. Brendan Fraser. What a career that man had for five minutes. Yeah, he could have been... I, I, I was Apparently, and I can't remember when, but he was offered Superman and turned it down. Because I remember when they were trying to like follow up Christopher Reeve and it was like, who could play Superman? I'm like, you're looking at him, Brendan Fraser. But apparently, He's right there. You know, Joss Hart, Hart it was offered it as well. Yeah, the same sort of, you know, chiseled-jawed hero. You can kind of see that, couldn't you? You know, if, if Josh Hart had, like bulked up. Josh Hartnett's got an unusually deep voice. He's got quite a lot of gravitas, but he, yeah, he'd have to bulk up. Uh, he lives in like Leeds or somewhere now. He, he lives in this really. Place. Yeah, he met a British woman. I, I saw didn't him know in an interview a while ago. He he just stepped away from wanting to be any kind of star. I think he's still yeah, he lives in like Leeds. Yeah. Um, I must admit, you know. Well, maybe I, it is London because I know when Liv Tyler was married. She lived in Leeds for a while, but he definitely lives in the UK anyway. It must be kind of a bit liberating because then you could just do what the fuck you want, really, couldn't you? Yeah. Well, he had a go at it, didn't he? And he made yeah. some films and were all right, and he wasn't bad. Um, any young man that becomes famous, if they're anyway halfway get, get good looking, draws quite a lot of resentment for a while, like Leo did before you realise actually you're really good. Uh, but Josh Hartnett wasn't always in great films, but he was always okay. Um, and he had a bit of a dark side to his screen persona as well. I think he could have had a really interesting career. Brendan Fraser, it just could have been the reincarnation of Christopher Reeve Superman. Yeah, pretty much. Do you think? Do you think Brendan Fraser could have been like Christopher Reeve? Well, I'm not suggesting like, whether he'd have been as good or bad, but he's got a very similar. He's got quite a similar quality to him. The thing about um, Brendan Fraser is he, he, he's quite. He's quite naturally comedic, but he's quite bulky, so he could easily do action comedy quite well. I I think you're you're getting to, would he be too flippant for it? Um, He has played serious roles. I think he's been all right. He's too old now. He's way too old now. Uh, And he was borderline when he was offered it, because I think he was in his mid-30s by then. But if 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 you're going for that Christopher Reeve style of Superman... Whenever I'd look around the landscape for like who could step in and do something like that, my, my eyes were always sort of drawn by him. Um, but I mean, he went on to be. Um, you need to read up with Brendan Fraser a little bit. He's, he's ha- he had some very bad experiences, um, sexual abuse and all so- sorts of him. Um, so it's it's no surprise he's not not a, a big star anymore. Oh, excuse me. Oh, they get ever bigger guns out here. I, do you know? I think I've. Just... <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> is that mine, honest? I had this get in here. This what guy. I want to know is how do they get these guns past customs? That's what I want to know. Yeah. I'll fly um... a private jet. Oh, yeah. Yeah, but is there, still, <laughs> is there not any kind of customs if you go on a private jet? Mind you, this is before 9 11, probably. And and, and then oh, just spies, so so it's all right. Yeah, it's movies, isn't it? <laughs> He's probably got an international man of mystery ID card. 
a license to carry firearms. Best line in the film coming up. <laughs> a lot of. A lot of fat. Well, that's, Sorry, that's it sounded like your name was a lot of... Um, never mind. Yeah, it's, it's actually two things. It's where he says, my name is Richie Cunningham, and this is my wife, Oprah. <laughs> Oprah. Uh, and then it is a lot of vagina. That's the thing, like, both both those things are just of how they says it. It's like, Oprah. <laughs> yeah, it's all about delivery, isn't it? I'm Richie Cunningham. Allow myself to introduce myself. Myself. <laughs> He's trying to be cool. He's trying to be calm. He's trying to be suave and just know. <laughs> it's also that one, isn't it? He he, he stops on five, doesn't he? Yeah. <laughs> I suggest you stop. Like to <laughs> I also like living. Here we it's go. Five. He doesn't know how to play the game, is there? What's next? Uh, I'll stay. I suggest you hit, sir. It's fine. I also like to live dangerously. <laughs> Dear, dear. You think he's done something really clever there as well? And you got like the, the tight close up as well. Cards are not my bag, baby. <laughs> I allow myself to introduce myself. <laughs> this face is really good. This is why I say rubbish at introductions because I'm afraid that I'm going to come out with that sort of line. <laughs> I allow myself to introduce. Myself. Oh dear. A lot of, a lot of vagina. And he sort of says it kind of. He says it really like relaxed. <laughs> then is, is it the second or third film we've got another? Iwana. That's the one. That's the one. I shagged a baby. <laughs> Shag the brains up. Yeah. That that the second one's got the chess game. I think. That's the one. And it's meant to be like because it's um and what's most... her face from um, Third Rock from the Sun? Yeah, uh, Chris Kirsty Christy. Oh, what's her name? I've forgotten her name. Then. She's uh, done lots of, lots of things since. Who is this? Christ, it's Kristen Johnson. That's the one. Sorry. I always imagine when I meet her, she'll be about like seven foot five tall, but she is. Yeah, quite she looks like she's like an Amazon woman. Yeah. Very, very glamorous, and yeah, ten foot tall. But attractive. But there you go. Um, what was I going to say? Yeah, the second one. The, the, most people have seen now, I'd imagine, except maybe our very youngest listeners, most people have seen the Thomas Crown Affair <laughs> remake with Pierce Brosnan. Mm. Which. There's a culture of sort of saying the original is always better, and it's not always better. I mean, I'll see Ocean's Eleven for details, but um, I think it's fair to say that the original Thomas Crown Affair is probably a bit cooler, but the the, the remake's actually better, Brosnan. And, and but the one thing it cannot be is the chess scene, and the scene in Austin Powers Two is a play on that. That that foreplay for them was a bit was was basically via a game <laughs> of chess in the Thomas Crown Affair with Steve McQueen and Faye Dunaway. Ah, his lucky charms. <laughs> you always have to be lucky charms. I always feel like whenever I go and take a dump in a pamphlet in a public toilet, Tom Earl should be in the next cubicle. Give, give, yeah. <laughs> give, <laughs> give me words cameo. of encouragement. Yeah. Fabulous cameo. Yeah, that's amazing because when you meant David Arnold, you said Tom Arnold. Now you mean Tom Arnold. You no, I mean Tom Arnold, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I've actually met David Arnold, you know. 
Have you? Very nice of us too. Cool. Don't know what else to say to that. Like fun fact. Yay. yay. He's 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 a good social media presence. I quite like the guy. He's quite funny on Twitter, isn't he? He's got this kind of like dry sort of comedy to him. Yeah. So which one are we talking about now? <laughs> We're talking about David Arnold now. Uh-huh. Yeah, I haven't actually met Tom Arnold, sorry. Got quite a good singing oh, voice, hasn't he, uh, David Arnold? I should hope so, if he's a musician. No, that doesn't always follow. <laughs> These little insets of them dancing around was actually all right for the first time. Yeah, they're, they're quite good fun, aren't they? Mm. So it kind of takes you out of the moment, but at the same time, it kind of adds it adds a lot as well. It's that's from the Republic of Kerplakistan. Kerplakistan. I just noticed I, I skipped ahead a little bit, unfortunately, because I dropped my controller. Yeah. Um. <laughs> One thirty-four, thirty-eight. Now. I'm kind of um, disappointed that our world leaders don't like sort of meet like this. Uh, well, I'd like. Um, I, I think most of the are, are missing, missing a sort of what sumo wrestler is that in the background? Yeah, there's what like. What the hell is Gorbachev or a definite Gorbachev clone doing there in 1997? I know. <laughs> I've never noticed that before. There's a guy with a Gorbachev, but hey, Gorbachev on his head. There's a beef eater there. I've, I've <laughs> never taken that. I think I've always paid more attention to. Doctor Evil, then who's in the room? And the room's actually brilliant. You've got Gorbachev there. You got everybody. Gorbachev was like kind of retired by then. Yeah, I, I, I don't. I don't. The There's a sumo wrestler there, a beef eater, a matador, <laughs> a mountie. Oh, here we go. This is the, my favourite bit of the film. I don't know why, but it's just something silly about them having a laugh and they're just standing there long past the sort of evil laugh finishing. Yeah. Well, the gag is it's always um, whenever you sort of see like uh, the, the bad guys always like doing the big evil laugh thing. It always cuts away like um, yeah, while but it's like no, let's just see what happens afterwards. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> Look at Robert Wagner just looking so like laconic there, like oh yeah. I just noticed as well like there's a scene where obviously they're bringing in the the bomb or whatever it is, and like the henchmen costumes. It's kind of vaguely similar, or if not the same as the ones that they wear in Diamonds Are Forever. Yeah. Kind of similar, so it's like black with the white stripes, and they just that kind of era. Yeah. So I don't know if that was like a direct nod or just like typical Bond henchman. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course, they'll they'll take kick it up an, even another notch in the next film. But yeah, you're right. Yeah, they will. And the, this running joke of like hiding their nudity is funny. It's I think that's whole, really clever. That's it's really the credit cleverly done. Of the first one. It's the Especially like when look at a finger going down the bottom. There, I never noticed that before. That a finger's dangling like it could. That be could have landed stick. it with an eighteen certificate, but no, I had to get here to get yeah. the um the, the fifteen. When did I last sort see Mimi Rogers? I saw something fairly recently. I'm gonna have to have a look. Yeah, I've, I've, yeah, I've seen her in Bosch. Which is an Amazon, uh, Amazon sort of cop show. It, it doesn't streaming shows. It, do, it, it doesn't do anything kind of revolutionary, but it's like solid. It's good. Um, Bosh, Bosh. I seem to remember her playing like a 
lawyer in something. It may be that. I think she was a lawyer in that. I'm just looking. If there's anything else I've watched recently, because I haven't watched Bosch for a while. I hear Bosch is quite good. I've not, not watched it. It's, it's decent. I, I wouldn't go too much further than that, but it's decent. Um, it's uh, set sort of in Hollywood, really. He's like a cop there. And, you know, he was raised by... His mother was a prostitute. Um, and he's very sort of driven by what's right. But at the same time, it's not doing anything particularly revolutionary. In the first series, he's sort of trying to solve a murder, but fight like some kind of misconduct. Well, it's not misconduct. It's He might lose his job and freedom over it because there's a, there's a kill. There's a killing in it. He kills like a a suspect who looks like he's going for a gun and when they go to find that when they go to find the body there's no gun there so he's he's on like a charge of that at the same time um ladies and gentlemen Mr. Burt Bacharach yeah legend Burt Bacharach I don't want to speak too soon because all these people are getting older but Burt Bacharach is <laughs> another one that cut, is he still of, going? he's looked the same for decades I mean, he did look like that. He still looks like that now. But he still looks like that now, yeah, 25 years on nearly. (laughs) I like the fact that Austin is absolutely obsessed by sex, but the moment she's drunk, he won't. That's where him and Bond draw the line. That's a nice way to be, though. The the thing is, I get that, but then he's always on about, like, doing lots of drugs, so as soon as as she's pissed, it's like, no consent matters. (laughs) Yeah. Her Majesty's Vegas tours written on the side of the bus. Yep, classic. All right. <laughs> You're all right. I don't get this now. We're on this sort of montage. I, I keep expecting montage. them to be walking out of like platoon laughing. But, um, uh, Twister, because that's what you do. You go and play Twister, naked Twister. That's what you. You need Twister. Oh, it did. Hmm. I think the I think his clothing is a little bit Lazenby inspired as well. <laughs> I think it is. Yeah. I kind of thought he must be roasting with that kind of velvet outfit on because that's really really hot. Well, spit roasting. <laughs> it's just him in her there. He can't do that. No. Doesn't look very comfortable. <laughs> I I always say that skag as well. What's that? Like, well, this is me in a nutshell. Oh, what's it? He's just jumped on the bed with her on the verge yeah. of watching. I, I I yeah, I think I'm a, a bit of a head slightly. If you well, if you've got a Region Two DVD, then you will be. Um, what, always want to have fun, Austin. That's you in a nutshell. She's just said that. No, mm. this is me in a nutshell. Help! I'm in a nutshell. Help! I'm in this nutshell. How did I get into this nutshell? Yeah, we had to apologise for our listeners to to our listeners once for belabouring that joke an insane amount of time. Sorry. Mm. Yeah, it's about four years ago. They'll have got over it by now. How did not have a shell this big? This is crazy. Mm. 
Well, yeah, this film kind of came a bit out of nowhere, and a new line uh, uh, were, were struggling for hits, let's be honest. Mm. I mean, the game changed four years after this with um, Lord of the Rings, which just made them an insane amount of money for a comparatively low investment. Comparatively, given it was three massive films. Think There's also... Sorry, go on, Dave. I'll let you finish. No, I was just hoping we're all watching the same version because I'll openly admit I'm watching a rip here. And I've got them on a disc somewhere downstairs. And when I watched International Man of Mystery, there's a couple of bits missing from the UK version. Oh, uh, really? sorry, no, sorry, from the US version. The bit about no one thinks of the henchman wasn't in it. And the Christian Slater cameo, and I know I'm not, the Christian Slater cameo <laughs> was funny. Um, it was funny, and it's it's in the UK version only. That's weird. Mm. It, there is. I did have a different cut, and it was disappointing. So there, there is a possibility tonight we will get to things <clears throat> I I'm not seeing. Um, but there you go. Seventy-one percent rating on Austin Powers. I suppose that's because the. Um, wow. Well, I, I suppose. Well, I, I suppose that's because the film is a little bit marmite. But I'm just thinking, who's giving this a shit review, really? But yeah, okay. lots of lots of um, I think younger I think, people going. I think, this is very weird. I is it not like reviews made at, at the time? Because not everyone would have would have been like, oh god, my man. Been on mm. the joke. Well, you know yeah, I mean? but the spy Shagmi's got fifty two percent. Oh really? Yeah, and Goldmember has got fifty three. Oh. None of these films had stunning reviews, and only one of them is you know, quote unquote fresh. Only one can you say is fairly well reviewed. Uh, sort of understand it with. Bond. I think obviously we had this. We had a new Bond film come out at the time, ninety seven. Um, yeah, that's one of those things. It kind of just you sort of think, oh really, you know. And then by the time the third one had come out, was it kind of a step too far? I, I think. Was, was he kind of really milking I think it the now? The Austin Powers franchise did as much damage to Bond as Bond did. Yeah. You know. <laughs> I think it was done affectionately. That's the thing. But oh yeah, it's, it's done with great care and affection. Definitely not just for Bond, but, but for like you, all you can actually, spy action. You can people. actually sort of end up killing the things you love without meaning mm. to. There was definitely like a sixties comeback around this film, or just after this film. So it definitely kind of took took off for a short amount of time. Because I, I remember watching outfits for for like uh, Tomorrow Never Dies, which would have been later this year in the cinema, and they were very 60s Well, I'm, I'm actually wondering if that's how something like, even though it's not 60s set, the sort of re, the, the resurgence in interest in 60s stuff. Because you've got Britpop as well, which was had, had well, a 60s kind of... Well, that, Jer- that Jerry Halliwell dress yeah. is very 60s. Um... But I'm actually thinking more of like the Italian Job remake. Now that is resolutely a 2000s film, but it is kind of there was a resurgence of interest in the 60s. Mm. So they're aware that like the Italian Job suddenly got like a bit more cachet again. I'm just wondering. Yeah, but you had Britpop as well, which was very sort of 60s influence. So I just wonder that it's a funny kind of thing about trends, isn't it? And like, like resurgence and uh, I don't know. I don't know. We probably, I'd, I'd, we've probably had a bit of an eighties resurgence as well. Maybe we still are. I don't know. Things always go in circles. I mean, we're t- we're talking about the sixties being timeless. Well, they're not timeless. They look like the sixties, but they're always somewhat cool. Mm. And if there's the one decade in my life that wasn't true, it would have been the eighties. 
I, I remember a joke. I like a, a, a lot of people, you know, sort of look back on the eighties with like mixed mixed reaction. Yeah, but back in the eighties, what I'm saying is the the sixties weren't at all cool. And and like like swing is fairly like anyone of any age could get like a Frank Sinatra album and, and not get laughed at now, I'm sure. But I remember it even being on an advert, like a Christmas advert in the um eighties where like the the presents were mixed up and like Gran got a Boy George album and like daughter got like a Frank Sinatra album and that was like the most horrifying thing ever. And I mean I know we're going back a bit earlier, but like why did Lazenby leave the Bod franchise? There was a there have been more periods of time where the sixties weren't actually that cool. But they're few and far between. See this bit always kinda of reminds me of uh, View to a Kill. That little weird offshoot bit where yeah, I think goes I on. Has a oh well, Fiona Fullerton. Yeah. It, I think it's based on that. I mean, even the camera. Uh, yeah, it's got to same. be, hasn't it? Surely the camera angles be. are the same. I mean, I suppose there's only certain angles you can film from because of implied nudity or whatever. I doubt mm-hmm. they're naked filming it, but uh, they're supposed to be naked. So there's only certain angles you can shoot this from. But this is identical framing, except they're. I think they're the other way round. I think. In a view to a kill, Fiona Fullerton is on the, the Austin side, but that's about it. Yeah, they're, they're switched around a little bit, but I'm pretty sure it is. Based here's, on that. here's a fun fact: the uh, the glue that uh, puts uh, Austin's um, uh, hair, like hair, chest hair, was kind of like making this weird sort of thing in, in the in in the kind of hot tub, and so he kind of had this weird gloopy kind of oh, shit no, with the hair coming off. off. Yeah. Which may, may do that scene kind of a bit gross, really. I can imagine it probably would have done. It must have been quite itchy having to wear it as well. I just be like, oh, oh. Get that. This is very 60s. It's just a little bit. Austin Powers is getting too close. Any suggestions? <laughs> I'm grateful for the longevity of this film that random task isn't in it too much because I'm very good at separating art from artist but what but. he did was so fucking heinous it's one yeah. of the worst yeah, I've ever read we'll, we'll just skip past that but I mean, it's I, not I, about I going back into it Becca I'm just saying that he's in a film that's beloved and thankfully his relative lack of presence doesn't ruin it too much Fembots. The Fembots were a stroke of genius. They are iconic. They look. Yeah. Obviously, now you know they wouldn't appear in the film, but they just. Think... I'm not. I'm not sure that's true. Bear, bear in mind, there's quite a. There's a good. There's a good degree of. Um, there's a good degree of sort of satire in this. Yeah, I think that's like what, that's what makes it work. I think you'd have to wrap it up in that. You'd have to frame it in that way, wouldn't you? To, I, I to think be able to you'd be okay with this, honestly. Um, certain things uh, we we were talking off air and we'll talk more about it next week but there's a character Mike Myers plays next week that I think might be would be an issue now mm. uh, I'm not saying it would offend everybody because I couldn't give a shit either way but there are a large percentage of people who, who might rightly look at it and say that's a bit cruel um, yeah no I mean his attack on the Dutch is kind of a bit 
<laughs> that was such a funny joke, though. Yeah, there's only two things I hate in this word: intolerance to other cultures and the Dutch. And the Dutch. <laughs> oh gosh. <laughs> Okay. The other joke I, I, I was um, somebody said something about something tasting like shit yesterday in life oh, somewhere I was, and I started falling about laughing because of the. Um, it's a bit nutty. Yeah. This Crunchy. Ta- this coffee tastes like shit. Austin, it is shit. Yeah, it is. Oh, that's okay then. It's a bit nutty. Yeah. <laughs> Better do but crunchy. Fuck's sake. I'm not actually remotely um sensitive about cultural stereotypes because like the, the joke that like brits all have bad teeth is, is funny enough but actually it's a complete myth it's a complete myth in, in terms of like how much dentistry we have how much you know how many uh, yeah I, I, it's, it's, a, it's more of an american thing really because like I, I, I don't i think the only compared to their dentistry but maybe they're just a bit more like yeah, but- they did a direct comparison about the amount of fillings, amount yeah. of, you know, it just on various criteria we came out of <coughs> maybe not more attractive teeth, maybe that, <coughs> there's more vanity in their dental work that they'll straighten teeth and do different things. But um, I was surprised when I first had heard the stereotype because even as a Brit, I don't ever think I've never thought of us as having particularly bad teeth. But like yeah. whatever makes you laugh. I think, I yeah, that, that seems to be like the American stereotype because there's that scene in The Simpsons, isn't there? Where... The Great Book of British Teeth. Yeah, where Lisa gets Lisa gets braces. Great <laughs> yeah, Book of British bad. Smiles. Yeah. And that seems to be the, the, the stereotypical view. Yeah. Which is fine. <laughs> it's funny. We can we can laugh at ourselves. Yeah, no, I just think not, they've got Carrie Fisher in this film. Oh my god. I'm not this, there yet. This is a funny joke. He's just knocked his mum over. <laughs> Austin. Oh, she, she's a bit mannish. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> talking about my mother. Here's a fun oh, fact. Um... The, the female guitarist in the Austin Powers' band is uh, the one of the uh, Bangles, the the main the main single. Oh, I love looking at it. That is a fun fact. Yeah, Hoffs, that yeah, which is also Jay Roach's uh, wife. Yeah, how about that? Susanna Hoffs in the eighties was yeah. stunning. I don't know what she looks like now. Uh, um, the Kay Fisher bit now. The, the, the most insulting. Uh, you get jokes redone in in films, weaker films, and I think it was the second Johnny English film that redid that beating up a woman joke and thinking mm. it was a man, somebody's mum. Mm. And it did and it was nowhere near as funny. And it was copying the same joke. Carrie Fisher's just turned up. <laughs> so let the scene play out a minute. It's funny because Car- Carrie Fisher was about was a sex symbol till about ten minutes after Return of the Jedi <laughs> and never thereafter. Oh, I mean, she might have been like in the Burbs, wasn't she? She was in that, but I don't think mm. she was in like a lot of stuff then. She wasn't now, in a lot of stuff, and she deliberately and this is her choice and a choice I would respect, but she never really played up sex appeal afterwards. Now, I'll point out another fun fact. You'll see Doctor Evil like you know with like a stress ball type sort of thing um, the, the original idea 
uh, um, so I remember listening from the. I see it. I've never noticed it though. From the, from yeah. the commentary, the original idea was like he's meant to like have a some sort of deficiency from the uh, being defrozen, like defrozen. So he's meant to like yeah. sort of have this like kind of used to have a, always have a thing with a stress ball that was like meant to be like a gag. They were gonna like like sort of continue on uh, with the right. film, but they just dropped it. So it's, it's just in the scene where he's just like got this ball. Doesn't really work, does it? But they but they the thing is they 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 film this with that idea. Right. At first, but they just dropped it, so they just never mentioned it. Yeah, I mean, to be fair, like I say, I don't think the joke wildly works anyway. I mean, as an idea, it's, yeah, it's not a joke that I think you can see why they oh, dropped it. I'm... Yeah, it's not a joke that I think. Oh, I'm glad. I wish they put that in because it's just like I, I don't see. That mm. just seems like a a pretty random idea, to be honest. What are we at now? I mean, this whole like speech just makes no sense, and that's why it's great. <laughs> I did nonsense, but it's hilarious. We actually see. Um, I, I'll need to look up the. Well, we, I don't know where they're doing from fun facts tonight because this recording was a bit sort of hastily thrown together. But I, yeah. I think we're putting all the fun facts as we go along. Yeah. If you do the, if you do do fun facts for Goldmember, it's worth looking up what that scene what film that Michael Caine scene is from because you got a photo of him as a, a sequence of him as a much younger man yeah I'll have a look at that one and I can't remember what film that's from it's a film I've not seen because I remember seeing of it and I was like oh, I don't know what that is they cut out a musical uh, number in, in Goldmember where they uh, did a reference to Alfie so they sort of they have a whole bit yeah. where they sort of sing what's all about Alfie and they're all yeah. like sort of cut into each character singing it, almost like Magdalene. One of the worst, one of the worst remakes I've ever seen is the Alfie remake. Yeah, that was really bad. It was really bad. I, I almost walked out. Not not like in disgust, just in like utter boredom. It was like, what's the point? And it, it it's died a death in terms of any sort of ongoing reputation as well. It just doesn't exist in public consciousness now, the Alfie remake. I think it's been remade since, is it? I don't think. No. No. That was 2004, <laughs> I think. Oh, this is where he's asking her about Miss Vagina. <laughs> Miss Vagina. <laughs> Only sailors wear condoms, baby. <laughs> <laughs> well, they ought to. <laughs> well, they ought to. <laughs> Dirty beggars, they go from port to port. Condoms. What? He's British. It's rubber johns. Well, I know. This is it. Type in. I'm just looking for something related to this film. <laughs> yeah. Look. Uh, the Vegas Strip isn't that quiet. No. <laughs> I, I, he's still talking to her. Uh, times oh, have sorry. changed and all that. He's, he hasn't quite gone outside yet. You can't go off shagging anybody anymore. And if you could, I wouldn't because I'm not like that. I'm out a bit where he's got laughed at the bar. I'm not there. You're everything to me. Oh, where he does the fingers. Yeah, yeah. We're nearly there. Good night, Austin. She's just said, "Welcome to the '90s." Mm. Oh. Be a very lonely place. Oh. And I, 
I, I think, yeah, I think I'm watching the, um, I think this will be an NTSC version. So this will be at the right speed while I'm watching Chris is slipping ahead now and again because it's a PAL DVD properly. Now, so he's driving down the strip now. Now, when I watched this originally, I was the first ever time, um, I, I dragged my dad to go and see it with me. Obviously, you know, couldn't drive at the time and, you know, go some on my own. So, um, mm-hmm. and he absolutely did not get on with it. So it was one of those cases where, like, you know, child drag, dragging his father to something that he really didn't want to watch. Really didn't want to watch. <laughs> so, but, no. there's, but there's only, like, one gag to where I remember him really laughing, which was, like, the Liberace gag. Women <laughs> <laughs> loved him. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Loud scratching. Oh, he's trying to play a CD as a record. <laughs> of all like the cans of tab that he's lying around and yeah. Um. What else? Well, I think they actually watch a video, don't they? Like proper VHS, and it's like what? He watches the um, moon landing and all that sort of thing. Berlin Wall, things like that. Welcome to history of the last thirty years. The Berlin Wall coming down. History of time. <laughs> Makes me laugh because, you know, like parents' generation talking like, you know, they're so much more moral than ours. And basically, he's coming to the present day and he's like not fitting in because he can't take a load of drugs and fuck anything he wants. <laughs> Virtucon, now, that reminds me from outside of um, Osaka. Not from inside, but from outside, it's like very like Osaka. And you only lived twice. Uh, do you mean Osato? Osato. What did I say? Osaka. That's a place. Sorry. Osato, yes. Mr. Osato. Yes, you're right. It is a little bit like that. What kind of generic villain headquarters? Well, it just looks like a just sort of building from that era. Very much. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Oh dear. Becca laughing at something there. Sorry. A friend of mine sent me a funny meme. Right, okay. Pay attention, Becca. Pay attention, I know, sorry. This is this is Dave's favourite scene now, with uh, Mr Christian Slater. Yeah, he was alright in this. Uh, whenever he tries show, to be a senior but... <laughs> serious actor, I don't like him. But when he plays a bit lighter, he's all right. He's funny on this. I got a feeling I'm watching the American one because they're straight into a shootout and running over that guy. I think Aww. that's after, isn't it? Oh, okay. Yeah. Are you Miss Miss Lewis Charles? Right. Tell me when you get to the point where the guy's screaming because the um thing's okay. going to come to him and run him over, and I'll hit play again. Yeah. So I'm just at the bit where that hit... scene's been cut out. That's... That's interesting. It's really strange. I have absolutely no idea why they've done that, but there you go. Americans won't know who Christian Slater is. Yeah, surely. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Only the Brits will get that. Yeah, Yeah, they won't understand that in joke. It it was a strange decision. So literally, they've been found out literally straight away. Not like they've taken control of the, uh, the roller. 
and they're trying to move him out of the way and the guys just won't move he's starting to look he's, he's yelling yet. no now yeah. No. Okay, the last in. There we go. And then you go to the white shot, and it's yeah. like miles. Yeah. I thought that was a funny gap, but yes, Christian Slate is not in the version I watch, and I I'm not sure about the you know the henchman phone call with Rob Lowe because it was, certainly wasn't on one version I watched years ago. I got like so I got like some freebies or cheapies from somewhere where it was like d- DVDs. And there's and uh, Lois Charles. Different. Yeah, I totally forgot she was in this film. Nobody, nobody thinks about the wife of a henchman. No, I've gone straight on to. Um, that's not in this version either. So I need to. I need you to tell me when they're driving down the tunnel in the Virtucon okay. van. So they're just cutting out like sort of some classic stuff then. I don't know why. Yeah, what's ba- going on there? Yeah, basically, uh, any American listeners who, who've never seen anything but the North American version, you got two of the best jokes in the film gone. Yes, Chris- now I'm not going to knock Christian Slater because my views are obvious but he's funny in this film that, that's a fine little bit but you're not uh, missing yeah, it that, yeah that's did, quite funny and did, I don't think cheer it works as well in your accent as it does in ours I th- yeah, that's the joke though isn't it that's well, the joke they, they've the, just the, been knocked the, out and they're coming down the uh, they're just going to the main base now they're just driving in yeah well you're just yeah, so yeah. they've been knocked out by um Random task, Mister. B- yeah, Mister Biggle. When you see Mister Bigglesworth, tell me. I've done. Yeah, there. Come, um, Mister Bigglesworth. Okay. Um, there's two scenes with. Uh, there's there's one where like, they get a phone call like a mother and child, and it's like daddy's been killed, and he was just a henchman. And the joke is, henchmen never get. You never think of the henchman. You, or you their think family. of the family, do you? They're just random people who die in these films. And then there's another one later where, like, Rob Lowe's in a bar with a load of this guy's mates. And they ring up and it's like, he's not going to make it. It's some party it's or something. decapitated like by a uh, mutated sea bass. Decapitated by it, yeah. Yeah, and, and he's dead. And it's like, yeah, and it's the joke's done twice. So you've got three clips missing from the version you all know. And um, three of the four, I think, are real losses. Decent butthead now that was a nineties. That was very nineties, wasn't it? Oh my god. Blast from the past. Uh, they were something I never got on with. What? Sorry, I never got on, I never found it funny. No, it's okay, I'm only joking. It's very um very niche humour, I think. Very kind of like stoner sort of humour. Yeah, it was alright. I think I just think it, it thought it was funnier than it was. That's one of those things that was kind of it's quite edgy as well, wasn't it, so and it was very much like I think, I suppose, I think it's it's just Mike Judge as well. It was very much of his time. I just think it was a reflection of like, you know, an aspect of the of nineties youth, really, wasn't it? You know, yeah, um, it's kind of one facet of nineties culture. Very much a Scott type sort of, you know, listening to like you know grunge and heavy metal. Yeah, that sort of thing. Mm. Maybe sort of like Nirvana, that sort that sort of um, yeah grunge, as you say. Some um, yeah, I remember watching it on MTV. And then I think I must have snuck in to see the film and was like... Yeah, we're old enough to remember when MTV, MTV was television, played music. <laughs> I didn't chat one over it. Yeah, but back when MTV was a thing. Yeah, when MTV was a music channel. I mean, remember those like, music channels you... used to play like, random um, music videos. You think like, well, YouTube and 
and all, 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 all that lot has just made that yeah, fucking redundant. There probably isn't exactly. the same exactly. need for it anymore, though you still have those channels, but yeah. they're much smaller and more niche. No, and people, obviously people MTV wanted to stay a big player. Consumption has become a lot more fragmented now, hasn't it? So, mm. like you, watch, you know, Numbers YouTube. were always going to drop, but yeah, you're absolutely right. I think that you've still got those channels. You go into a gym, there's music channels playing, but they're yeah. smaller, they're more niche, and they're for things like that. Yeah. Most people have some kind of Spotify style. Yeah, if you've got some kind of music player or YouTube or... And some of us still even have music collections. Or or radio, if you listen to the radio. Not really needed anymore. They still exist, but MTV had a big worldwide audience and and different Mm. versions of the franchise in different places. Like, we had different VJs, you know. In America, they had Kurt Loder. We had people like Pip Dan and Ray Cokes and stuff like that. Or Mm -hmm. maybe Europe, anyway. Yeah, that's going back a bit. And then you used to have the Coca-Cola report with Christiane Backer. Who was oh, gosh. That is going back a bit. Her age. She was stunding when she was in her mid-twenties. The Coca-Cola report? Oh, something like that. It was like news, but I thought it was sponsored by Coca-Cola. Was sponsored Christiane by Pepsi Backer. or Coke? I don't know. Who? I'm trying to remember back 30 years. Other oh, fizzy yeah. drinks are available. Yeah. Panda Pops, for example. <laughs> gosh, that is going back a bit. <laughs> Can you still buy those? <laughs> Happy shopper cream soda, you know. Happy shopper, oh my god. <laughs> doesn't even exist anymore. Doesn't it? Right. You can buy Panda Pops these days. Yeah, but I, I've got a podcast, I'm a celebrity, I'm too busy drinking champagne out of chorus girls' arseholes. <laughs> 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 eating, eating, eating caviar on world eating famous caviar, mo- yes. world famous models on, on my yacht. Oh this is this is uh, live and let die. It really is, slow you know, dipping it really mechanism. Is. Slow dipping. But I think this is like was the, what was like the most obvious thing everyone like sort of says about the Bond movies. Like, why why did why does why does the villain always just shoot Bond rather than give him like elaborate <laughs> death? Care? Like when he happens to catch him, like, just him. have his yeah, just have his guards just shoot him and be but done no, with it. We're going to go for the uh, ill-tempered mutated sea bass. With the lasers attached to the heads. <laughs> you just don't get it, do you, Scott? <laughs> just don't get it, do you? <laughs> Zitsy Zip It got done to death in one or both of the sequels. I think it was the third one. I think it was Gold. Yeah, I, th- I think they tried to I remember talking to my dad there. about it, and I didn't live down here when the second one came out. My father who's passed away now, we were having a conversation around the third one and he saw a clip on the TV and he was trying to liken Mike Myers to, I think it was Jim Carrey and I was mortally offended by that and I said, well actually he's probably closer to a Peter Sellers actually, Um, you know, and playing all the characters and stuff like that. Um, But whatever the point was that um, the zip it scene went on for ages. But as I say, I think most, apart from the laugh scene, most of the Doctor Evil scenes can be could have been could be cut down a bit. They don't foster a lot of goodwill towards the film. No, I, I think that's, that's probably the point of it, though. But they do go on a little bit too long. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> that reminds me of Frank Drebin having the pillow thrown at him. Oh yeah, I think that is a little bit. <laughs> yeah, that, there, there is definitely an aspect 
of um oh my god <laughs> it's, I, I've, I've did what's his got, name Leslie Nielsen John Smith yeah Leslie Nielsen yeah or Liam Neeson as Chris often has been yep. known to refer to <laughs> Liam Neeson yeah hybrid of the two really funny massive penis <laughs> Can you actually can you imagine making like a gun, but with Liam Neeson? Oh my gosh! It would well, be so brilliant. dry. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I could see it working, but in a really dry kind of way. There is a he, he was on. I think it's Life Too Short with Warwick Davis, where he went in to see like Ricky and Steve, mm. Ricky Gervais and Steve Merchant, and he was talking about wanting to do stand-up comedy. Because I'm a funny guy, and he wasn't, you know, and he was deliberately really stirred in that scene. And he was talking about wanting to do stuff about AIDS and stuff, and it was just cringe making, but in the best possible way he could do. It. I know they were talking about bringing it back with Ed Helms, weren't they? Yeah. There's only it, one it, Leslie it, Nielsen, it, it, unfortunately. It would work. He couldn't out. He couldn't outrun a bad script. I mean, Leslie Nielsen made loads of these. Go and watch Repossessed. It's awful. Um, Dracula Dead and Loving It is awful. I don't. <laughs> I saw that at the cinema. <laughs> um, but to get to wring the maximum amount out of the ones that are good, there you've it, Leslie Nielsen's perfect because he's got a ton of gravitas in his in his voice and he does play it one hundred percent straight. And he looks a bit baffled as well sometimes, which is funny. <laughs> Let us repair to the main chamber. Project Pokemon. Which one's Preparation H? That's the second one, isn't it? The second one, I think. Um, we buy the third one. They're, they're even yes. calling themselves out. They're even calling themselves out for repeating jokes in the third one because the second one's got the really funny sort of penis-shaped rocket joke. Yeah. And in the third one, they got one that they, Johnson, Wang. Yeah. <laughs> it looks like a giant. But, but they've got the same joke. In the third film, but with something that looks like a pair of tits, and they even have Ozzy Osbourne call out that it's the same fucking joke. Okay. The, 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 the problem is though, they they actually got the Osbournes in, and the Osbournes were like the big TV show at the time, and it's just that, so, that it just feels like, like well, such I mean, a like. Yeah, it feels like it, pandering. Yeah, it, just it, feels it such is a, like, like a I mean, I know they weren't as big at the time, but. Coming to America, where you had On Vogue and Morgan Freeman. Yes, I know they're not flavor of the month, but they are like a little bit of self congratulatory look who it is. And that's what that was as well. Mm. Um, if I could cut one thing from it, it would literally be anyone famous from those sorts of scenes. I love the way he gets them to overload here. And I recognize her, the sort of head flem- fembot. Mm. I've seen her in something else. I'm going to have to look this up. Austin Powers. I think a lot of these people have just turned up in various things. And of course, this is 24 years ago now. So I imagine quite a lot of them have like gone on to actually have careers. Yeah, you look at Will Oh, yeah, I mean, Will Ferrell. What film do we think broke Will Ferrell old school? Um, well, I think Will I don't, Ferrell... We understand, by the way, for anyone listening, we know he was in Saturday Night Live. We know he was somewhat a celebrity. I'm not suggesting 
he wasn't at all a thing, although I don't remember when he was a cast member. But we're talking about, like, breaking into films. Yeah. When did that? It would have been that or Anchorman, but then by that time, he was, like, constantly in stuff, like, sort of. Yeah, He was yeah, kind of like known as, run... like... He was just in everything, wasn't he, pretty much? As being, yeah, as being, like, the, the having lots of, like, funny parts, funny bit parts in other films. Old School was, like, the first decent hit he was in, but he was, like, second or third banana mm. in it. Anchorman was the following year. And I'm not a Will Ferrell fan, particularly, but give him... He's quite funny. But, yeah, but he's done some films that are fucking painful. Yeah, um, I, I think, to be honest, he had kind of a run, like, probably... But mid, Yeah, early sort of mid-2000s, like, around the sort of Anchorman time, I think he was absolutely on fire. I think recently... Um, he's done a couple of films that are they're okay, but then he kind of had a couple of years where he did sort of like, um, yeah. you know, some some sort of dodgy, dodgy films that perhaps weren't as as great as you know as as. It um... got to a stage where he sort of seemed to put his name to anything. Yeah, he's just kind of doing um, any, anything and everything. When um, it works, there's like a, a delightful chaos to what he's doing. Yeah. When it doesn't work, he's a he's like an aging guy just fucking yelling all the time, and I'd say there's about a 20% chance of a Will Ferrell film you go to see being pretty good. And I'm being quite generous there, I would say. Uh, Anchorman was brilliant. It was genius, absolutely genius. Um, again, it's not going to be for everybody, but I thought it was amazing. The sequel was okay. It wasn't that good. Uh, a lot of people don't like it. I found Step Brothers funny, but then I'm struggling. There aren't yeah, many. Yeah, I wasn't a big fan of Step Brothers. R- Ricky and then it, obviously he, he did the, the Sherlock Holmes night. spoof film, and that was terrible. That was, that was abysmal. I gave that a one-star written review. He did, one star. Um, and I slaughtered it. And I, I wasn't doing it for attention. It was fucking awful. No, it was really bad. One of yeah, these like, Yeah, you, you, messaged, you messaged the editor, didn't you? You said, I'm going to have to do one star. I was like, okay. Yeah, I just because I normally try and tell people if I'm going to do that because I don't want it to look attention seeking. Yeah, no, genuinely, genuinely abysmal. Film. Genuinely awful film. Um, and you never know what you're going to get. People quite like the ice skating one. Blades that was good. Story. That was that. I arrived, quite enjoyed that one. That arrived dated though because it was a little bit like Friends in that. Get, Friends had a lot of jokes about gay panic, where like Chandler and Joey would be frightened people would think they were gay or you know that sort of thing. Mm. And that's all that film was. It was also um, in Zoolander. Oh yeah, of course it was. I didn't like him in that though. Okay, forget him. He was Magutu or whatever he was, mm. the character was. Yeah, he was like the villainous character. I didn't like him in that. I liked Zoolander. It was funny. The sequel was one of the worst sequels I've ever seen. Yes, yeah, so it's another one of those examples where like the sequel doesn't quite match up. Yeah, but it's one of those really, really bad sequels because Zoolander, again, with comedy, everything is subjective. So if you hate Anchorman, I get it because he's quite loud and irritating. Um, but I think Anchorman's one of the funniest comedies I've ever seen. Um, Zoolander, I thought, was really, really funny. And I thought the sequel was abysmal. Z- Zoolander and sort of Anchorman for me are the two best films of that sort of frat pack era by quite a long way. Perhaps you might throw in dodgeball as well. A lot of people like Elf. I don't count that as the same thing, though, because that's like a family film, a Christmas film. I'm talking about, you know, like, Luke Wilson, uh, Will Ferrell, um, Ben Stiller, Vince Vaughn, that lot. Mm. From from their, their sort of set of films, they're the probably strongest couple. 
This doesn't specifically look like any particular Bond film. This is a bit more generic evil layer. But it's, generic it's, spy movie. It's not copying. Like the second one, I think, is a lot more. Yeah, this is just kind of like, you know, general stupid side. you got like, you know, the... I don't know the name of the, the band, but it's like Secret Agent Man playing. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, I, I wish... There are things in this film I'm noticing for the first time, but they're really obvious. It's not like, oh, look at that obscure little joke in the background. Mm. It's major things. Like that UN meeting has such an hilarious cast of, look, you know, different, like, stereotypes, and I'd never noticed A bought button. <laughs> a bought, yeah. Handy if you want to abort something. Probably doesn't work for all abortions. I mean, this, this still, you know, drilled a massive hole in the t- almost to the core of the earth, which I'd, I imagine would be quite an issue. Yeah, it would cause quite some problems, wouldn't it, I think? Um... Yeah, what's the furthest they've ever drilled down? About six miles or something. Yeah, is it even possible to go that far? Well, they've done, they've done I think, something like six miles. Well, yeah, no, I mean, like, H- can, can you go further are. without impending doom? Yeah, you can. You've seen... Um, Jenny to the centre of the earth. You've seen the Total Recall remake, haven't you? Oh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> Just get a lift. Just get a lift, yeah, it's easy. Easily done. You can work on the other side of the planet, which makes absolutely no fucking sense. But there you go. God. Yeah, I can understand any particular character of Mike Myers being an irritation, um, but I've always found Austin Powers very funny, and I've always found Doctor Evil nowhere near as funny as everyone else seems to. I don't know. I think I think uh, Doctor Evil is probably more quotable. Because you can kind of do a one billion dollars. Zip it. Yeah, I think me and my friend went to go see this film like ad nauseum at the cinema, and we just quoted all the time. And it was generally like, I don't care. Ninety percent I mean, all all films that become quotable. Get if it gets into public consciousness, gets a little bit irritating sometimes. Yeah, this might be, this might be the poster boy for it because even like two years, well, because people it did okay. They, when they it, just get worn to death, really, don't they? But a lot of people found it stuff. on home video, and then you had the run into the spy who shagged me. So to some degree, you had people quoting okay. this film for about three fucking years. Yeah, it was a bit cheesy, and you do think, oh god, give it a rest. You notice how yeah. number two's got like a a fembot in his briefcase. Yes, he's got a fembot in his briefcase. Yeah, no, well, in his suitcase, he's got a suitcase. Got to carry a suitcase with a fembot in. No, I don't think I'd notice. Oh god! Well, at the time of recording, we have published Lethal Weapon 4, and it's not—it's showing up on iTunes and nowhere else. Ah, uh, Lethal Weapon 4, it's now on Spotify. It has turned up. But it's not showing sometimes, in, Sometimes like, it just... takes a while. 
Yeah, but it's not showing in like it. They they show Spotify show you them in order of release. Mm. And whilst it's showing against our show, we're not showing near the top of just released. But then it has probably only just arrived. Okay, don't matter. Uh, look at that stock stock footage. Just stock footage of an explosion. Three months later, Austin's just got married. Now, we took this seriously and expected it to be happy ever after. So if if you can hear... This is disappointing. Well, well, if I've got a lump in my throat next week and I'm like a bit tearful, sound a bit <laughs> choked up, it's because of this not working out. Is that his teeth done? Oh. So? The whole mojo idea from the sequel was brilliant as well. Um, this is where she gets up and it's about hiding her tits. Look at that, she's dick. With the milk. Thankfully, I've seen Liz Hurley's tits, so I didn't feel like I'd missed out. Have you? Yeah. Was that when you you weren't cheating on her? That's when I wasn't <laughs> cheating on her. Nice rag. Yeah. Oh, he looked just like that look. Disappeared from my track and see. <laughs> I I, th- I don't know if they were ever serious about a sequel at this point, or hadn't even thought about it. But <laughs> the problem is, it's such a it's such a spoof of the sixties, and people do age in sort of real time generally. So the sequel's fine because you can go back to the sixties, and it's a touch a, a year or two later in the sixties, oh. and that's okay. But what would Austin Powers four be now? He'll have either lived in this era for decades in which case the whole 60s thing would be a bit lazy or at some point he went back to the 60s in which case it would now be like the early 90s or something like that so I I don't know where you would go with this now that said if they did an Austin Powers 4 I'd go and watch it but I mean, uh, he tried another character after this, didn't he? He tried the Love Guru, and mm. that is truly one of the that worst comedies I've ever. ever. I, I haven't seen it. Uh, it was. I kind of want to watch. I, I do kind of want to watch it just out of curiosity. I was because because part of me's like how bad a film Mike Myers have made. It was. I mean, I can't really remember the details now, but I remember watching it, metaphorically speaking, open-mouthed. I could not believe how bad it was. What's so um, bad about it? Well, this is where I'm struggling to remember anything about it. None of the ideas in it were, didn't hang together as a story, as I recall, at all. And the character just wasn't at all funny. And it all felt a bit desperate. Mm. And I can't critique it any more than that, because I haven't seen it for a long time. The only critique I can give it is the very vague... It was embarrassing. Cringeworthy. He, he could come back and make an Austin Powers film that was... You'd be shocked. If, if an Austin Powers film came out of that quality, you'd mm-hmm. be stunned. Like, really? That bad? But, um... Yeah. yeah I just can't see an Austin Powers film. New, a new one. The thing there with Random Task is... All right, he's died, but they can have an open cast kit because he's died with an enormous penis. <laughs> Just like Uranus. <laughs> yeah, that means he's probably had a bum. 
If you think Austin Powers had Elizabeth Hurdy up the bum, write to us at expectasyofgmail.com. Oh, Maybe don't write to us. Write, write, just address, just address it to me, Becca. I'll ignore it. Write, write to Dave. Uh-huh. She'd read it anyway. She's trying to sound all like coy and shit, but she'd, <laughs> she'd be totally curious if people were having sex with Hurdy. Oh dear, I, I'm not sure that's a real cat. I think it's a fake cat. Mm. Bit of cranberries. Classic. Yeah. I don't. No. Is there anything in this in the credits? I don't recall. Uh, there's, oh, there's him jamming with his band, scene. singing the BBC. The oh, BBC. When he sang about BBC Three, BBC Four, he sang them into existence. Yeah. <laughs> and now, incidentally, BBC Three is coming back as a proper channel, and then what? BBC not 4. just internet only. No, it's coming back as a proper channel. That's good. Um, uh, and then Channel Four is being archived. They're not having any new programs. So um, all the risks in comedy have been taken by sort of Channel 4 or BBC 3 in recent years. And BBC 3 came off uh, any sort of terrestrial or cable and went straight to, like, internet only. Yeah, they, yeah. Were trying, they were trying to save money, but then, to be fair, they had the licence free frozen for years. And it was so popular, they brought uh, it back. They brought it and back. And that's kind of gone the other way. I mean, I don't really watch it, to be fair, but I'm aware that, like, a, a lot of people are getting, like, big breaks on that channel. Mm-hmm. Especially a lot of those the shows that appeared on, like, I say BBC One or BBC Three, for example, very often came from radio, Radio oh, Two, yeah, Radio Four. Radio, yeah, yeah. I mean, um, Alan Partridge's career, you know, the Steve Coogan character. Exactly. Uh, yeah, started off on, on the radio. Owes his start to radio. Have I got news for you? Harry Hill. Radio. Uh, Harry else? Hill started. League of Gentlemen started on radio. Uh, League of Gentlemen. Start, League of Gentlemen. Uh, or was it ninety ninety sort of comedies? Uh, Mitchell and Webb. Mitchell and Webb. Yeah, definitely. Um, um, oh gosh, loads of people. We're not saying everyone listening. Even if, even if you've heard of all those people, we're not suggesting you'd like them all. But that's a lot of prominent people who who got a start through radio. Oh, oh my gosh, goodness gracious me! Yeah, I didn't know that one actually. Um, loads of loads of those sort of things. I think um what's the what's the um Dead Ringers? Dead Ringers, yeah, Dead Ringers. I, I, all all no, that kind of stuff. There's nowhere to hide on if you if you're not good at impressions and you've got nowhere to hide. You can't go when he looks like him. The day to day. Day to day, yeah. Yeah, I was saying the whole partridge thing, but yeah, I suppose that, that brings in Chris Morris as well. It's funny when you listen to the Alan Partridge "Knowing Me, Knowing You" radio show because he hasn't quite found the voice of the character oh, yet. It sounds, it sounds like Alan Partridge mm-hmm. if Tony Black was doing an impression of him. I feel sweet, I'm but good. it is. Um, it's fair. It's it, it Stephen when he's younger, it and even more like a... and Alan's younger well, yeah, as well. He was on telly a year later. Well, yes, but. Um... He was on telly a year later. What it sounds more is it's got even more like football commentator in it. Mm. Goal! Shit, did you see that? <laughs> look up uh, anyone listening. Look, if you haven't seen it, look up Alan Partridge's Guide to the World Cup 1994. And it's just a guy who knows nothing about sport commentating on sport. Which is the pretty, which is pretty much. He started like... off as a sports writer, so, so he was in he was in like a woman's sports dressing. 
and she's got her back to camera his interview and she just takes her top off in front of him and he's trying to conduct a professional interview and she's got her tits out and he's just uh, yeah it's genius but you gotta tune, tune into it half of our American listeners would not take to Alan Partridge at all but it's worth a try but you start with the day to day which was parodying very early sort of 24 hour news networks it's very clever and it'll it's not even because it's pre-fox so it doesn't have any sort of um political yeah, but some, some episodes are very controversial it, weren't they it's as well. more about over-the-top graphics and sensationalizing everything i mean and, and just trying to come up with new concepts to explain things so the finance section they had the finance arse <laughs> and stuff like that um, and the, the, you know, it, just the graphics at the start of the show were completely over the top. It's a quite a soundtrack, actually. It did, you know, really the good tunes. Dated very well because the sixties have dated very well. Carnival, Mark Carnival, that's the cardigans, though. Yeah. Also, lightning seeds. Yeah. You love the species space. Yeah, the later version. Nice space. That was used a lot on cold feet and stuff like that. Mm. I love Space in the 90s. Oh, my God. It was like my favourite all-time band. And well, then... you'd, you would have been 13 when this came out. I was, yeah. I snuck in to see it at the cinema. I seem to remember me and my, my friend Chris, I'm pretty sure, snuck in. So you're both so. criminals. Well, no, I, I think I saw this off age. Because I was 15 at the time. Oh, you'd... oh yeah, you'd have been at age. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah, I snuck in. Mind you... I've got an admission to make. I saw Batman two months early. <gasps> and, I, and I saw Terminator 2 two months early. <gasps> Dave, oh my gosh. I'm sorry. What are you with you? I was about to suggest a spank, but I was going to suggest it's too far too enthusiastically, if I'm honest. I think your wife to be might object. Yeah, she might do. <laughs> <laughs> film film location, Los Angeles, <laughs> California. Uh, Nevada. <laughs> uh, Nevada. No, not not in England. Yeah. <laughs> so that's it, Austin. One third of Austin Powers. Nothing like Southern California. Um, yeah, so a bit like a normal commentary, but with a bit of chat before we did it, basically. Um, fun facts thrown in. So just like yeah, a regular commentary uh, anyway. Pretty much. As for social media, you can find me at the Plastic Kid 1976 on Twitter. You can find us at so You can also find all the old uh, podcast episodes at cinematrock.co.uk if they're not on your feed. And you can find us on Twitter at Expect Us Talk. Uh, also on Facebook, on YouTube, Apple Podcasts, uh, Spotify, Stitcher, Podbean, Podbay, wherever you listen to your podcast, you're likely to find us there. Um, Wherever you do find us, don't forget to kindly leave us a nice review. Rating five stars helps us to rank higher and attract more listeners. Thank you very much. <clears throat> Excuse me. Okay. Well, that's it for tonight. So what are we back with next time? Groovy, baby. We shall return with The Spy Who Shagged Me.